0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger, and we are going to be talking Contributor Days recap today. Uh, Crazy week last week, all about ng-conf. I am exhausted, uh, already missing it. It was awesome. Talk to everybody, meet everybody. and at the end of that, on the cap end side of that, we had contributor days for Angular on Saturday. So we're going to discuss what went down on that, uh, some action items that came out of it, and should be a blast. Uh, before we get started, I want to make an announcement about Angular Up. It's a conference, Angular conference in Israel, and that's coming up on June twenty fifth, twenty seventeen. Uh, So check it out, I think there's tickets available. Uh, We might have a little discount announcement for that next week, so we'll let you know. Uh, Angular up, check it out. All right, so joining us is, we got panelists and guests. I think I might have a little bit of addiction to getting a bunch of people on this show all at once, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, Panelists today joining us, we've got Alyssa Neichel. Alyssa, what's going on? Hey guys. And we've got Ng Panda, Austin. Austin, how's it going? How's it
1: going, guys? I was really upset on in, at ng Comp. They told me that on the live stream, I took my panda head off too soon.
2: Yeah, you did.
1: <sighs> and no one could see the panda head, and they were asking <laughs> about it in the YouTube channel. Like,
0: where's the panda head? Well, you can just throw it back on and wear it for the next fifteen minutes, and then I think we will really satiated. <laughs> All right, we got a. Uh, uh, ng cookie monster uh, ng local storage mike brocky what's going on mike
3: oh not too much i figure I've, i was a little chilly here so I'll keep this nice warm thing on my head but i can <laughs> still see my face here so i could leave it on for the whole show
0: i really don't know what's uh what's evolving with this show i guess we're going to ng cos- cosplay uh so our guest today we've got Taras joining us, and I think he's in costume as well. Let's check it out. What's going on, Taras? Hello.
4: hello. I've got, I'm a, what am I? A monster.
5: A a dino.
4: I'm a dino. Sweet,
0: sweet. Tracy, how's it going, Tracy?
5: Hi, how are you? I don't have, have my
6: monster sweater with me, but it's here in spirit.
0: Sweet, sweet. And we got Tara joining us how's it going?
6: Hello, good, how's everybody doing? I don't have a costume on but I mean like every day this is maybe my costume.
0: <laughs> perfect, perfect. All right, let's uh, talk about Angular contributor days. So organized by this. Media, right Tracy?
5: Yeah, I thought it was really amazing. This is our second contributor days that we did and um, I have to say it was a pretty amazing success the conversations usually start off with what's what's going on with the core team, uh, what's their status, and then sort of breaks off into, hey, what does what do the people in the room actually care about? So what we did is we got, we sort of chose a bunch of different people who were doing things in the Angular community, and we also allowed people to apply, so those were two different ways to get in, um, and we had folks like Broccoli who works on the CLI, we had people working. On Augury, we had people working on um, AG Grid, and and a bunch of other folks like uh, John Papa, etc., etc. Would have said, "Hey guys, what do you want to talk about?" Actually, the Angular team did, and I don't know about you guys, but I thought the conversations were amazing. It was. We
0: have there for uh, from the Angular team.
5: Does anybody remember?
0: (laughs) I do. (laughs) We have. Igor and uh, Hans and let's see, um,
5: Alex, Alex Eagle,
0: Eagle, Alex Eagle,
3: Stephen Fluin and Rob Wormald.
6: Ten points for (laughs) Braco.
0: All right. So um, and then we had a bunch of other people, like you're saying. Um, That was pretty cool. So we. Kind of had a a bunch of discussion. I think we were planning on doing discussion in the morning and then in the afternoon do breakout sessions, but everybody couldn't stop talking as a group, so we discussed the whole time.
5: Yeah. I thought it was really awesome. You can go to contributordays.com. I don't remember the actual URL, but if you go to contributordays.com and and click on Angular, you'll actually see who is in the room, and we will be releasing the videos in about a month or so. So the whole idea between contributor behind contributor days is it's supposed to start the conversations and the conversations and what happens at contributor days does not end at contributor days what we're hoping is that people will from the angular community will actually watch these videos hear about what what's important to others in the community and actually have the videos be an opportunity for them to say oh hey this is how I can help Austin, do you you want to say that because I like that.
1: (laughs) It's like like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but the opposite. What happens at Contributor Days doesn't stay at Contributor Days.
2: (laughs) Alyssa, you love that one. (laughs) It's just so nerdy. I love it so much. Like The nerd here is just overwhelmingly wonderful. Thank you for bringing it back, Austin. No, I so I miss Contributor Days, and I think there's like one other person here, too. So I want to like, you know, be kind of like the audience that like wasn't there. So going forward, you're going to release like videos and stuff, but how do we keep the fire alive other than watching it ourselves? Is there like going to be a like key place to have these conversations or just like out in the ether?
1: Should we just tweet you directly? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I do think it's kind of out in the ether, like
5: certain people said like if, there was a lot of conversation about the angular community and what do we do and maxims ng community came about they were talking about okay how do we actually unite this where do people go for, look for resources you know can can people who speak at meetups share out decks Anybody and I think that's remember. one
6: of the things that they were talking about with ng-community is like picking it up on Slack because a lot of the people who were there actually did meetups and different things for the Angular community but didn't even know about ng-community and that's like the Slack, the Twitter handle. And so Rory was basically uh, very kind enough to kind of take on this, I think we're going to talk about it more later, but the ng-community role in working with Maxim to kind of get everybody together in the Angular community that's making efforts with meetups and such to make resources and make a place for us to all talk and do stuff. <laughs> so what Slack channel are we talking about? That's It's the ng-community. And I know there's the Twitter handle that is just it is ng-community, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then I think it might be ngcommunity.slack. Okay, so anyone can join? I- is it just like an open? I'm pretty sure because we had a little meeting about it and that was my introduction to it was like, thank you NG Conf. there was a uh, meetup of meetups that Maxim put together, so um, I think even if you just tweet at him, uh, I'll double check while we're all talking, I'll, I'll multitask. Okay.
4: It seems that it's a, it's a community for people that organize things in the community, right?
5: Yes, or probably also people who are interested in it. A lot of people reach out to me, as I'm sure uh, many other community organizers, and say, how do I start the one in my area? So we really want to be able to provide those resources. And I think the beautiful thing about Contributor Days is what we saw with RxJS Contributor Days is, number one, calls to action and people actually taking the lead to help the cause of RxJS. But what actually ended up happening as well is A lot of these ideas sort of seeped into the minds of the core team and you saw things just organically start happening. Like Ben, um, there was a lot of complaints, I don't know, complaints, conversation around how large RxJS was. So uh, a few weekends ago, he made T-Rex. It's it's an RxJS a 10th the size of, and it's going to be like RxJS 7 or something like that. Exactly.
2: Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so cool.
5: <laughs> I made him rename it. He was calling it TinyRx. He's like, for now. I'm like, no, it's going to stick if you call it TinyRx. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think same thing for all of us, right? Like, hopefully we all get to watch these videos and hopefully we're able to make an impact on the Angular team. Hey guys, we would really like X, Y, and Z. Um, I remember the community stuff, but maybe like, Mike, from the CLI perspective, was there anything that... There was a lot of conversation about the CLI.
0: Yeah, well let's get into like uh, the action items that came out of there. So we had this whole discussion and we planned out a bunch of, you know, action items to take action on. <laughs> um, and but before we do that, this, I want to mention a little bit that we had uh, a couple people from different communities join us as well. So Taras, you were from the Ember community, so you brought that perspective. And then I believe it was Matt Davis who was there with us and and he came from the Drupal community, talked brought a lot of insight on that, um, Drupal PHP. So um, it was cool to have some other people from other realms come in and share insight into the things that we were discussing. Also, okay, so we're
5: from uh, Uri from Meteor Apollo GraphQL.
4: Yeah, it was very interesting for me uh, because I, I've been uh, supporting, like I've been in the Ember community for about three years, and uh, so I've seen, uh, be, uh, I've seen Ember go through the, um, uh, kind of seen Embers go through the things that Angular are going through right now. There was a there was an upgrade that happened, and Ember CLI became a reality, and so I'm kind of seeing Angular Angular uh, go through the same. The same things, and and you're actually asking the same questions. So one of the one of the interesting things, uh, one of the things that I was really happy about the contributor day is that there was actually a kind of agreement that that came out of it, uh, and which kind of led to the action items. So, right, yeah.
1: saying that we're solving the same problems again.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's some. There's definitely some. Um, you know, I'm seeing the same questions get asked and answered. And, uh, you know, uh, the thing that's great is that they're being answered in the same way, which means that there is, uh, there is conversions that's happening. Uh, but, but it, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see um, that uh, it's happening now. But I think with the, with the Angular community, even though you're asking the same questions, uh, you know, for example, about, like Ember, uh, about the CLI, you know, what role should CLI play in docs? Like, in Ember, uh, the CLI is now the, the starting point for the, the documentation. Um, and so that's just happening in Angular community now. And so even though you are uh, having these conversations a bit later, but I think the um, the answers are easier. You know, it's questions are easier to answer, and I think it's going to ha- the progress is going to happen a lot faster because uh, because it's more obvious now what is kind of the better way to move forward. Doesn't Ember use a lot of CoffeeScript as well? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a uh, uh, no, just for whoever's asking no, that's something we, we, we worked really hard to get rid of. But yes, the coffee script is amazing. I love it, especially with coffee.
2: Wow. Can we just have you say that last part, but like a little bit slower? Which part? You know, just like that last sentence.
4: Just, just forget what he said, Alyssa. <laughs> With, well, I think if
2: yeah. it was something like CoffeeScript is amazing. Yeah, you know,
4: CoffeeScript is great. No, but uh, CoffeeScript is cool in that um, it was the first uh, first tool that was transpiled in a sense that was, that was really popular in JavaScript that had transpilation mechanism, and now every project is transpiled. So there is something to be said for for the effort of what it tried to do. It, uh, and you know, I think some things that it has, like fat arrow, I think we can probably, you know, I think it's safe to say that it popularized the use of fat arrow, uh, you know, so I think it's, uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot of great things about it. Uh, it's just. Um, You're making Alyssa feel really good right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I think I'm missing something. He, but. Well, yeah, I,
2: I have to use coffee script in my day job. And so Austin like never lets it go. And so it's nice to like hear that not everyone has this like loathing for it. I do agree though that it, it like, kicked things off, but there are better things now, and I'm not suggesting that everyone stick with CoffeeScript for life, but it is good to hear you say these things, so.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the nice thing is that we, we can all agree that the, some of the things that a CoffeeScript has now are the right things for us as a, as a kind of modern web community, right? So I think that's a really positive thing that came out of it, and experimentation and adoption is, is key to us being successful as a community, so it's, it's you know, that's that. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, uh, I don't think CoffeeScript came up at the contributor days, so it just comes up on this show like all the time. <laughs> so, all right, well, let's go down this uh, action item list. Uh, Bill Odom was there and from Angular Bootcamp, and he was gracious enough to run our whiteboard and write down this list and aggregate it all together. So, thank you, Bill, you got that to us. So, let's just go down this list. Um, First thing on it was the surface design. To surface the designs, the core team uh, has this design process and docs. We were talking about uh, how to make more visibility for the things that are in the pipeline for Angular Core and uh, the CLI so that us as a community can have more visibility on, on what's being worked on, what the direction is. And they do this design process that they go through. And so there's some talk about surfacing. Those design docs that we can see, or some other format that we can um, have access to to that visibility.
3: Absolutely. Um. To touch on that a little bit, so it's not. It's a matter of when those get surfaced. Those are currently being surfaced. I know that uh, I well, earlier today I watched uh, Kara Erickson's talk, and she pointed to her design uh, for how they're going to allow for uh, managing validators through observables. Um, in a design document and mentioned that as well. It's just a matter of when they're being surfaced and how they're being surfaced. So more so to uh, which we'll come to the next item is how um, the different designs are being worked on and communicated external to the team.
0: I, else think have
4: any- I think one of the concerns that uh, the um, the uh, Angular team brought up was that some of the design some of the design ideas that, that are that happen early on in the process are not necessarily like they're they're just preliminary thoughts, right? So one of the conversations was that, like, at what point do you solicit feedback from the community because um, because it's uh, you know some things you you know you you, you think about but then what if you don't end up having don't end up doing it and we kind of seen that in Ember community which uses the uh, similar RFC process where people see a, a, an RFC and they're like oh awesome this is gonna be an Ember and people start kind of thinking about like oh it's starting to align but in practice this is just part of the design process it's not the final product so until 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 the proposal will be merged it's it's just an idea rather than um, you know f- of what's gonna happen next
6: I think that was one of their concerns uh, was just kind of that balance between um, being transparent, like being open to the community, but also wanting to, you know, heed anything that might scare people with the Angular community. And I think that just the fact that they've been thinking about that for a while puts a lot of confidence, at least in me, uh, it put a lot of confidence in me knowing that they want to be transparent with the community and trying to find they're trying to find the best way to do that.
3: Yeah, I liken this decision to the idea of um, you do local commits before you push up a branch. You're going to you're gonna uh, go back and fix things locally before you push something up, uh, especially to be critiqued or reviewed or anything else. You're, it's a working process. So to me, having some designs private and local um, makes sense until you have it at a state where it's ready to be shown. Otherwise, you're going to put a title on a document and people are going to go, like, oh my goodness, what are you doing? No, don't do that. And things can be taken out of context until it's at least at a drafted state.
0: Well, and it really helps uh, developers as well because you know we're out there building applications and we're trying to solve problems and we're looking at the framework and the platform and saying, okay, we really needed to do this, Do we wait because it's coming in a future version, or do we start building our own solution for it, or do we explore contributing to the source code to make it do that sort of thing? So the surface of that information for us as as developers is very valuable too, um, to help us plan our business strategies and stuff.
5: I think that's the most exciting thing about being more transparent. You can, I, I think even in the React community, they we're running into thing, the same thing, right? Like React core team would be working on certain things and then they realized that, oh my gosh, Airbnb's been working on this. Those teams were like, wow, why are we doing both things? And the core team was more than happy to support what Airbnb was doing instead of working it on it by themselves, right? So I think doing the same thing with the Angular team is just, you know, like putting out things like Angular let's say Angular Universal wasn't a thing, right? If, if somebody had already come up with an idea, why not adopt that code if it's close enough to, to what they're doing?
0: Yeah, what, what I'd love to see is there's this uh, page, and I mentioned it briefly in the uh, contributor days thing, that uh, Microsoft Edge has for their upcoming features, their platform status, and it's just a simple rows of what the feature is, whether it's Supported in development or what sort of thing. Um, and just a bullet, like just a quick list of so we, we as developers could see that stuff and surface that stuff. That'd be really cool. Okay, let's uh, jump to the next one, which is uh, communicate roadmaps. Well, I guess that kind of goes into the one that we just talked about, right? Unless anybody wants to add to that.
4: There was I a, think that's probably the same.
0: So, um, user group coordination—we were mentioning that early on in the show.
6: Oh, and I have an update from Maxim. He said that you can just uh, DM him directly, or DM ng community. So it's just ng community on Twitter, or he is webmaxru, and you can DM, DM him with your email address, and he'll add you to the Slack room. So nice.
0: And so that's for the Slack for ng community, right?
6: Correct. Yep. And that's, I mean, like, um, as we were saying earlier, that is a combination of people who are interested in building up NG communities around them or are already doing it. And, I mean, really, I think anybody should uh, who has any interest in the NG community should join, because then we can kind of feed off each other, which is, which is kind of what we talked about with merging and staying connected with the different communities around, you know, whether it be meetups or just separate. Uh, Angular communities.
0: Yeah, I think we talk about the fact that it's like it's not just the user groups, meetups, it's conference organizers, it's people that just want to be part of the community, it's kind of a a hub and forming some kind of central hub for the community, right?
6: Uh, I'll just say like uh, one thing that Braco brought up was like, so I'm in Cincinnati and um, uh, there isn't much. It's not a hub like you know, um, like Seattle or San Francisco, maybe for getting speakers to come to really build attention around in Angular and have people lead workshops and talk. And I think Tracy also had a really great idea of people kind of uh, working together to um, merge their meetups for those areas that weren't so big and. I think, especially these, this was one of the many conversations that went over its time. It's a lot of time, but uh, I think it's because uh, being a part of a coding community is so important, and the fact that we can take make efforts to make that community grow more. Uh, the best way we can do it is by working together.
0: Yeah, and one of the interesting things I came up with that, too, was the talk about um, thinking about if you run a user group uh, and you need content to get remote speakers or remote content in for maybe the first part of your meetup and then um, having lightning talks or something to fill out the, the next part of it. Uh, Tracy, maybe you can talk a little bit about that because mentioned that.
5: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've done this before um, when we were doing Ember meetups monthly and it was very difficult to get anybody to come out. <laughs> but I mean, that's what it's like coming from Bay area where you're used to at least 150 people showing up on the low side to moving to Raleigh. You know, how do you get people out? How do you get less, you know more than five people out? Let's say. So what we did was we took Philly, um, Jacksonville beach, Boston, New York, Raleigh, Toronto, et cetera, Atlanta even. And, and we said, okay, everybody, start their meetup at seven. So six thirty to seven, people like ate pizza and stuff like that. Everybody broadcasted in. We broadcasted in a speaker for, for a half an hour, the first talk, and then everybody else ended their own meetup. So it was really cool to like be able to say hi to everybody on the camera for all the different meetups that we were. Um, we were co-hosting together. It's actually not that difficult to do. I just, I wish I had more time to do it. So maybe uh, do it, or Tara, <laughs> or Alyssa.
0: <laughs> yeah, Mike, uh, you did one recently, right, where you wrote it in. Why don't you talk a little about that from a speaker perspective?
3: Uh, yeah, actually, I can talk to it from both uh, sides. Um, I r- help run the NG Pittsburgh community here, um, and uh, about uh, a couple months ago, uh, Rob Wormald was nice enough to come on to talk to us about NGRX. Um, and I think it was well-received. I think people, um, were still, uh, we were still able to interact. Um, it was just a single meetup, so I'm not sure if there was additional pain points there about being able to uh, stop the presenter and ask questions. I guess that's kind of up to the presenter as well, uh, the kind of uh, talk that they put together, whether or not they're willing to accept feedback in the middle or if they just kind of want to get through and then maybe take some questions at the end. Um, so, there may be some additional moderating challenges by having multiple meetup groups. Uh, but I was uh, fortunate enough, I was able to present and talk about the CLI to a user group in Slovenia um, actually the week before NGConf. So, it's nice to be able to connect with a different community uh, without jumping on a plane. <laughs> but um, so you have a slight disconnect um, only because you feel like you're sitting there just talking to a computer, but you get to see, or I was able to see. Uh, the people in attendance as well. Uh, so as you make a point, uh, you're able to see heads nod or people just clearing off if you are off on this strange tangent. Uh, so there's the ability to get feedback. So uh, as a speaker, um, I think it went pretty well. Um, I think it's a model that can be reused and uh, tweaked, uh, like I said, with the additional complications of multiple user groups of how do you manage questions um, within there but maybe the community can come up with a uh, solution, maybe a technical one uh, to like queue up questions or something like that.
4: One of the interesting things so we've done is uh, helping organize these uh, events with Tracy, and uh, one of the things we found is that it's actually a lot of times easier to get first time speakers to participate because it's um, you, because they don't see the presenters in the same way, so they can actually, or they don't see the participants in the same way, so they can actually it it's feels like a more safe space, and they, a lot of times they, they could do it from home, so it feels more comfortable, so it's actually a good way to get, uh, to, to kind of uh, uh, prepare speakers for uh, doing a live presentation in front of people.
6: Maybe uh, NativeScript and Kendo UI can do a real-time mobile and web app uh, with Angular awesome. to do questioning.
4: <laughs> That'd be awesome. That was actually one of the difficulties that we found in hosting these events. Is that uh, the uh, the uh, we I think we really need technology to make the user experience better. So uh, if UI and uh, NativeScript can do that, that'd be amazing.
6: I think all my managers are pinging me now, saying that I have to do it. So it'll happen.
0: We always seem to do like some action items on our show and things just happen. Usually it's around the CLI, but I don't know. This is awesome. Cool. So, uh, it's
6: like a mini also, Contributor Days.
5: It's like again? a mini Contributor Days. It, it's like a mini Contributor Days. Did you hear me? Sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Totally. <laughs> well, community right. Also, um, I guess uh, Yuri. Took the head on uh, leading up this community hub kind of concept here, and Yuri uh, Goldstein. So he's going to do, I, I think, try and start organizing a kind of a committee, right, um, and take over the the drive on setting up this community stuff.
6: I talked to him about that a bit because it seems like such a to take such a big bite out of you know that's a lot of responsibility. But um, one thing that we said, because I I asked him about it, and I was like, let me know where you need help. And he's like, that's what I think will happen, too. Like, he was totally not scared, not worried about starting it up. He was excited that he could do something to kind of bring everybody together. But also, when it comes to, I don't know how everybody else that does meetups, but there tends to be a thing where people want to help because people want to help the community. So it turns almost into a delegation role. And so he's, he was happy to put the effort into it, and he just knew that down the road that people would also be willing to help him, which is, which is great.
0: Yeah, and I think this really came out of uh, Matt mentioning this. Uh, the Drupal community has this kind of um, committee that heads up and helps make those decisions, helps orchestrate that stuff for the community. And so we talked about how can we do that same thing for the Angular community and get that going. Um,
4: Things called something
0: uh, what the, like how we spread the message of Angular, uh, how we help organize user groups and meetups and stuff when people want to do those sort of things, um, as well as surfacing. I think we talked about surfacing some information on um, things that help you do Angular things. I think there's some talk about surfacing tools and, and practices and, and places to go. ng-doc. For- <laughs> what was that?
2: Is it CuffCuff ng-doc.io?
0: Yeah, why don't you why don't you mention that a little bit real quick?
2: <laughs> Shameless plug. Uh Joe Eames and I have been working on a website called ngdoc.io and we're actually talking with the Angular team about ways to incorporate it more with like the actual docs, but um currently it's just a small project that allows anybody from the community to go on and like search for articles, videos, anything related to Angular One, Angular Two, Angular Four, and you can kind of go through and add tags. And if you don't see what you're looking for, or perhaps you're a creator yourself and you created something, you can go and list it on there. And so we are um, working on getting that open source so that we can have more community input. But right now it's just like bare bones. So, but we already have a ton of articles. So ngdoc.io is definitely like one of those things that you're talking about of sharing resources. And it's like the unofficial Angular docs. So
0: So we talked a lot about the docs and training and learning Angular and how to get people doing that sort of thing. So let's just continue that discussion about um, the plan for the core docs, um, CLI docs, that sort of thing.
3: Yeah. I'll field that one. So the idea that was coming out of that action item is that uh, we're planning on updating the documentation on Angular.io to focus on using the CLI to essentially, I think there's uh, some integrations there messaging about using System.js, but more so move that documentation about using the CLI. And yeah, to- so
0: we had this kind of really good discussion about that fact of that, okay, now that the CLI is released and 1.0.0 and stable and, and has a really good story around it, can we start teaching people like that's your entry point to get started with Angular, right?
3: Absolutely, um, to help drive that home. And also, that got into discussions. Uh, moving to this also forward is the idea of as you're doing training what's the best way to do your training um and do you teach simple things or are you teaching best practices and there were lots of really really good conversations about that about how that can be supported
4: it seemed that a lot of the conversation revolved around uh, the first pixel, like time to the first pixel when you're training, right? So how long does it take for you to, before the, the person sits down in their, in their seat and, and is actually able to render something on a screen with Angular? So that conversation uh, was very interesting about how to keep balance in both getting people started quickly, but also giving them all the right tools to be productive long-term.
5: I think it was also, sorry, I- I think it was also super intriguing that, like, every trainer had a different opinion. And the reason is because they attract completely different demographics, right? Like Lucas Robloke, everyone's on the CLI because everyone's touched Angular before. But then you look at Angular Bootcamp and they have much, you know, sometimes they're dealing with, like, secure firewalls and non-Macbooks and things like that, so.
6: And then I think like Deborah brought up really great points, too, where we assume a lot when we're training that people know that documentation exists, that people know that the CLI exists. And that's, especially with her experience, that's not the case. And so um, that I think my favorite part was talking about just different approaches to education as far as maybe going in reverse, so having a fully functioning best practices Angular application that you disassemble and put back together instead of going straight from, you know, ng new. And um, I think that's, I know that I'm gonna do more workshops that way and try that out because the the best thing that I think we could do is kind of scratch how we've been doing workshops and try to reform what we're doing and take new approaches because the best way for people, or a lot of people, their entry point into Angular and into other languages are these workshops that we're doing at Meetup and like I'm doing them at Women Who Code. Um, so the entry point, you know, make it as easy as you can for them to grasp so that they want to continue.
5: I
1: think one of the big things, and I talked to a lot of people at ng-conf about this, was, like, I wish there was more, like, complete apps out there using Angular 2 that you can learn from. That's that's one way that I really learn, and I feel like it's a pretty big gap. In
2: I think actually Tracy mentioned that, too, wasn't it? last Like, last week on the podcast, so just, like, how the she say React? The React community has a lot of this, and we don't?
5: Yes. So, um, you know, there are so many apps out there that you wouldn't even think of that are using Angular, but nobody sees them, and nobody talks about it the way that, let's say, the React community talks about their apps. But they're out there. For example...
1: Like a Hacker News world- one.
5: Caribbean, right? Royal Caribbean is, um, their entire bookings platform is done in Angular. Would you have known? No, I wouldn't have. <laughs> right? So I think I think it's like being able to surface that. And there is that made with Angular site, but I don't think that, I think like for some reason our community just doesn't talk about it and our community doesn't really have a place to put all the cool things that are happening in Angular. That's another thing that we can do. But that was definitely something of why can't we see cooler apps?
2: You know, we actually have, like, on Ng Doc. we have, like, an other category. And I was talking to Joe, and I was like, why is there other? Like, we have, like, videos or, like, vlogs. We have blog posts and articles and doc things. But I'm like, why is there another? And he's like, oh, you know, the community might invent a new type or something. And that's kind of, like, a really interesting idea of, like, listing out even, like, two different ones of, you know, apps that are, like, made with Angular. And it literally just points you to that website or even, Mm -hmm. like, GitHub links of actual, like, just start making a collection of even if they're small, big apps, whatever, if they're open source and people can read the code. I think that'd be really cool to start adding in those because I think you're right. I, I don't know. Do they exist though? Are we, is they, it more like- They exist. We just don't know. Have access to them or don't see them.
5: It's not no. It's not necessarily, I, I think like some people think of Angular and, and it's very true that some people think of Angular as, um, it being more enterprise, and there's a lot of apps you can't see. You can't see the coolness behind Angular, but also a lot of front-facing sites use Angular. Hear about it? These people aren't telling us, "Hey guys, we're using Angular," right? And I, th- I think that's the biggest problem. I think it's, I think it's, all, it's just a marketing problem.
3: Right. And I don't think we need to limit it to just open source projects that are using Angular. Yeah. Even if you have something's closed source, but the app is publicly visible or the site is publicly visible. I think those are fine to market as well. I'm not, I don't want to quite show you how I did it, but I want to show you something cool that I did with Angular.
6: Mm, yeah. And I think it is just having a spot to put them, because I know that uh, like, I'm working on like Angular PWA apps, and then our NativeScript team is working on all their mobile cross-platform apps with Angular. So um, that's great, Alyssa. I'm glad that you're thinking of putting it there, because. Now we know where to put it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd love to talk to you guys more after the show if you have ideas. Because I'm thinking of adding those two categories of like apps that are made of Angular. So those would point directly to the website, whether or not it's open source. And then I don't know what the term would be for the other kind of app that you can see the <laughs> GitHub code, right? Like, you got, like, app and full app. I do but... Yeah, yeah.
6: Just have a GitHub link
2: as well.
3: Yeah, it could be an additional option um, as you go to app.
2: Oh, I like that.
5: I just want want two tabs. One says open, and one says nope.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Open and nope. I
6: love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so we talk a lot about, like, getting uh, other communities involved in coming to Angular and, and making Angular more approachable and stuff like that. And one of the things we had a conversation around was this this app concept and what's out there and what can people kind of see and compare that oh I could build that in angular I could do that in Angular what does that look like and so these example apps both you know web and mobile and and everything were something that we feel that we need more of in our angular community in the angular story so that people can start seeing oh yeah I can build you know like Tracy said I can build this Instagram app I can build this WhatsApp that sort of thing and oh here's some examples of that.
6: I know one thing we talked about with, with along that lines was having um, all the different companies that use Angular make a- Angular um, specific things on Angular. So, like uh, Ionic has a really good conference app. So, maybe doing ng-comp from now on on an Ionic app. And then, like, um, I know that we brought up a lot of more, just like basically, same with native script, like doing dot, like ng documentation on a native script app as well.
0: Definitely, definitely. Okay, so um, that kind of leads into we had a discussion around Augury uh, and that as a tool for Angular. Um, anybody want to comment on what Augury is, and we can kind of start the discussion, or or I can. <laughs> it's a it, it's a browser extension, right? Chrome extension, I, I believe, just Chrome um, that allows you to inspect and see some information about a running Angular application. Uh, it used to be, I believe it used to be Battering for Angular JS stuff.
2: Oh, yeah, you're talking about Battering. I didn't know it was renamed.
0: I, I think so. I'm, I'm pretty sure. It's, uh, it's a similar it type of t- now. Um, it's
3: a similar type of tool, just with a new name, for the yeah. new uh,
0: framework. And so has anybody used it? I, I got a confession. I had Battering installed in my browser a long time ago, and had Augury installed right now. But I never seem to click on it. I just go straight to the dev tools. And that was one of the things we talked about was like, how do people start using this tool and know about it?
6: I just jumped it? into it today because I was curious. I'm oh, sorry, whoever, Mike, go ahead, Mike.
3: <laughs> I'm good, go ahead, you can continue.
6: Well, I was just saying that I just jumped into it today, and it was really easy to install, you know, just another uh, add-on in Chrome. And then you go, like just going in, you can mess with the Augury tab. And so I just fiddled around with it, and it seemed really straightforward, and so far, so good.
4: So in Ember community, we have something called Ember Inspector, which is a similar idea. It uh, plugs in as an extension into Chrome, and then you can inspect the app and see what... I think the most useful thing that... Uh, well, there's there, it has about five or six tabs. Uh, one of them is seeing the tree view of components. So you can then inspect each of the components and see what state they're in, which is really helpful when you're debugging. So it's part of how we teach people to debug Ember apps is actually like open Ember inspector and look at what uh, properties are assigned on the component. And then there's also things like, there's like a promise tab, which allows you to see what promises are uh, like a, you know, pending. Um, I don't know if, I think there was some conversations about having observables get some kind of visualization in chrome but uh there are things like you know be able to inspect um the dependency injection so i could see all of these things being useful in uh, angular as well and uh, i would encourage anyone who is learning to really learn to use that tool to understand what's going on with the angular application
2: i almost think if there were some good um i don't know dev tools versus battering i get what is it it's not battering it's Augury. Augury. There are people like DevTools versus Augury users. It'd be really cool to see either a talk or like a course online somewhere of like, instead of like how to use Angular or how to do Angular, it's like how to use, augury with angular so because i know sometimes for me like it was the longest time to switch over from doing console logs to using breakpoints not because i didn't know about breakpoints but because i just got so flustered and it was always stopping things and i'm like why are you doing this to me and so i finally had to like rip the band-aid off and be like no more console logs today and that was is the day that it, right? So I think it can be hard to use a new tool or even part of a new tool um, unless you see the major benefits. So I think it'd be really cool if anybody in the community is like, I am inaugurary pro to like raise your hand and make a so, video. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was actually an action item that came out of that. And so I believe it's Steven that was there talking to us about it. Um, and he wanted to find out more about is Audrey ready? Do does might need any more features in it? Um, is it feature ready to go? And then we're gonna follow up with you know getting more information about like why, you know, why why is it better than DevTools or what does it give you more than DevTools so people understand like, oh I wanna do that? Kind of like um Quoka that uh, plugin for the editor that allows you to do scripting and stuff, TypeScript and JavaScript within your editor as like a scratch pad. It's like, well, we could do that inside of the Chrome Dev tools in the console, but why is this better? Well it gives you X more things and it's a cool experience. So do that same sort of thing with Augury and show, you know, just like what you're saying. And that's actually one of our action items on to do. So
5: I, I think I, I brought up the tooling thing because I was confused as to why I was never using Augury when I use Ember Inspector all the time. And as I thought about it, my reasoning was because nobody that I pair with when I run into issues uses Augury. So mm-hmm. as an Angular developer, I've never been taught that way. But as an Ember developer, it's always the first thing I'm supposed to do, right?
2: I see. It was just part of the flow. So as you were like Embering, you were also Matt. Yeah. I see. One yeah. thing to note is
1: it doesn't work with ng-upgrades. So if you're running a hybrid app, uh, it, it won't work with that. I was like Ooh. the first thing I try to do is like download it and run it. And it's like sad face. Dun, dun, like dun,
2: what does dun. it do? Does it tell you or does it just like break horribly?
1: It pretty much just breaks. It,
2: okay. Cause I didn't know if you'd that, have like a red flag have or something.
1: Fixed, it might've been fixed, but uh, about the same time that it came out, it was doing that.
6: We were talking as far as like workshop leaders and people that teach it too start um, using that. And I think it was Bill that mentioned that that's his selling point as soon as people break something in Angular and he shows them how to use Augury to find where that happened or when it's just like you know one of the regular random or regular kind of not so clear errors to use Augury and people wanted to use it right then. So that's a good way to also bring it to people's attention like some of the tools like that is in workshops and when you're training.
3: There's also a little bit of talk about accessibility to the tool of uh, whether or not it is just accessible as a Chrome plugin or potentially could be run at build time to maybe do use that to do some uh, static analysis of your application to resolve your issues up front to provide maybe some better better error messaging or even potentially some integrations with the CLI.
0: Yeah, so um, the um angular.io site has a bunch of microsites um, with subdomains, and there's one, uh, augury.angular.io, that has information on that as a tool. So it's a-u-g-u-r-y.angular.io, and uh, actually has some cool examples and, and guides and stuff like that to show what it's all about. So um, you can start there and, and look into it. Okay, so uh, we. Talked a little bit about the, the concept of making it easier for people to get into Angular and start playing with it and learning it uh, faster, not so making it not so complex. And a couple things we talked about there were um, Google Summer of Code and um, some other type of you know, web-based plunker and, and editors to allow people to get in without setting up projects on their local machine and just get in and start playing and you know time to component on the screen and, and start working those things so let's talk a little bit about what came out of that and maybe some calls to action on that
4: anybody so one of the um, at the risk of you know keep bringing up Ember but I mean it's something that I use every day so it's, uh, it's always on my mind but we this is a, we have a, a call a tool called Ember Twiddle which allows us to uh, basically just uh, jump into it it's like a GS bin Ah, uh, for Ember, you just jump into it and you can start. And it has the same file structure. Like it has a little sidebar that shows the files that you have, and it has a, it, it's a, file structure is very similar to the way that the Angular CLI projects are laid out. And so you can you can go into each of the components. You, you can create a component. You can go into the to, into the template and navigate it. And I think that um, that was we, that was something we were discussing as a possible way of uh, you know in situations where it, it will take too long to install Node especially in training scenarios like if you want to show if I want to do a demo to somebody of how angular works and uh, it's helpful just be able to jump into a web page and start programming in angular without having to without having to you know spin up a, a dev environment and install node and you know if you have windows like it's a lot more complicated on windows 7 so there were some conversations about um, getting plunker to uh, to be more complete and to uh, you know work uh, more appropriately, you know, should be something people would actually want to use for exp- playing around with um, an Angular app. And so of course like Plunker allows you to do the similar sort of thing,
0: right, but I think what's cool about this uh, is that it's focused on uh, an Ember application, right, Ember development, so if we had something like that with Angular that was like, okay this thing's ready to go, you don't have to pick like a starting project in there because it's not trying to support all these things, it's, it's the Angular de facto you know tool to get running and playing with angular stuff
5: It's really cool. Em- Ember twiddle is amazing But is that hard to build? Can't we just I, I like think fork it able... and find and replace everything to get an Angular app?
4: It might be able to fork it actually because it has um, th- There are two pieces to it. The server side piece which uh, prepares all the assets and then there is the, the browser side thing and uh, the Resolver, apparently the, me- the way that the in Ember the Resolver works is kind of the mechanism that uh, the Ember CLI team used to get the Angular CLI project laid out, so it might be possible to adopt uh, Ember Twiddle uh, to, to work for Angular, that would be an interesting experiment.
1: This is like how the Angular team rolls, we just like fork Ember CLI, now it's Angular CLI, now we're going to do
5: Twiddle.
2: <laughs> <Is that laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with certain, with a good thing, all right? <laughs>
5: For it sure. Kills, it kills me when people say fork, right? Because it, it wasn't actually a fork. It was built on top of it.
3: Technically, Wait, it was, you know, it it was to... originally built as an add-on to the Ember CLI.
2: Yeah. How is that different from forking?
3: Uh, plug-in versus copy and change. <laughs>
6: okay. <laughs> okay. I like that Austin just gave us all the visuals we needed for <laughs> that. Um, well, but we should really get we should really get one of the the like Angular educator kind of teams on one of these make the ultimate Angular team do the the Angular twiddle. Make them <laughs> do it. Oh yeah, <laughs> we them, just find, them them. find out how the to do, they do, they do, that do that or what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ryan and Todd were at entry They uh they looked really bored, so they obviously <laughs> need more to do.
4: We just oh said my
6: English accent.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the one of the goals for the contributor day is to create a kind of a clear action items for the community to be able to participate because there's a lot of people that want to participate, but there isn't really a structure for them to do it in a way that would be uh really kind of you know wanted. You know, it's really clear. Like we really want this. You know. If somebody makes this, this is going to be amazing, right? And so, if uh, somebody is listening to this and they have some ideas and, uh, and they want to play, you know, make Ember Twiddle uh, work with Angular, um, I'm sure there are people who'd be happy to help them, and I think it would be something to be a really, really cool project and helpful project. So maybe that's something
6: that NG Docs can have in the other is a is a team project of uh, make the Angular Twiddle work together and remotely put it on your resume. <laughs>
0: And was it a plan then to do things like this if we have an idea about that or want to contribute to that to like kind of flow through this community hub that we're setting up? And that's where we'd reach out to maybe start by reaching out to ng-community and mentioning that, hey, I want to get involved in this. And then they can kind of orchestrate, uh, you know, where to direct that energy.
5: How many people and how long would it take to build an Angular Twiddle, ng-Twiddle? 17. Hours. You I, know, was, no I units. was like seventeen. What? So,
3: uh, <laughs> no, I'm giving no units. Just seventeen. Seventeen. I need
5: an accurate time estimate, guys. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh when my are gosh. We
5: <laughs> Let's scope this project. Uh,
3: well, we'll see. <laughs> I, I don't see that fitting into the proxy of what ng community w- was envisioned to be. Um, ng community to me is more so. Are you've got these disparate and remote. Um angular user groups or smaller conferences or even just people who are interested of learning more of how can we support them and how can we share some ideas uh, among the people who are trying to push out and do more with angular and get more people involved with better ideas and maybe like uh, sharing talk ideas sharing um, contact information for speakers or whatever just trying to Take the idea of what makes everything about NGconf amazing, I and mean, even though this was a separate from NGConf, but like that's like the hub where everybody kind of goes, uh, or a lot of people go once a year. But to be able to get that kind of feeling and excitement um, out to the masses in smaller chunks.
2: Right. I think, I think it should be both or if not both, then the other thing that Tracy's talking about where you have a place that you can go and be like, I really want to contribute, but I don't know what project to help on. Or I really think this project is in need. Can anybody help me? I think that place is needed. So if it's not ng community, then we should come up with that because I think it's, I don't know, I've seen it happen a lot of times where people want to contribute uh, they may not have like the resources or the know-how or even like just somebody pointing them in the right direction of, yeah, go talk to this guy. He knows all about that. So,
5: But yeah. I also think that like it's so unfortunate because, you know, the reason I'm not jumping and saying let's build that right now is because I'm so busy, right? And I feel like a lot of community organizers or people doing open source are super busy and we just can't. But I'm more than happy to help some guide somebody along, along the way. I'm not gonna hold their hand, like I'll hold their hand a little bit, right, but like the people who want to be proactive and need to be proactive or desire to be proactive are the ones that need to sort of say like, hey, here's my list of things to do, you know, and then we can sort of like scoot them along a little bit, ability they need um, or feedback they need to, to feel confident in doing a project, but, I think it's hard because this stuff is not that difficult to do, right? It's just a matter of getting there and then actually doing it. Taraz and I were speaking about Slack. So there was a lot of questions about Slack prior. And what's so – okay, one thing that's really great about the Amber community, which I really like, is they actually have a Slack channel. It has one too, but it's just – for the Angular team, but this Slack channel, there's like a help, um, a community one and announcements or whatever, and we were thinking like, why, so in joining the Angular community, there's so many Slacks, there's Angular beers, there's, there's Egghead, there's Angular Air, right, there's now ng-community, and I'm not even naming all of them that that I'm a part of, Um, so I was thinking like why on earth is the Ember community Slack, which has, I don't even know how many people are on there. 9,000. Yeah, it's the default place to go to like get your questions answered by core team members or people like all of us, right? That, that's amazing, but like what makes that work and not work on our community? Yeah.
3: I think there's already a few um, community, Angular community Slack channels out there. Right. Um, I don't even want to try and name them, but I know of at least there four out there that are aiming to fill that void. I'm not sure how many of those um, are visited by necessarily team members, but I know that, uh, I I'm imagine that there's at least some GDEs in those different Slack channels to be able to provide some sort of level of guidance or answer questions or anything like that.
5: That's the hard problem, though, right? It's like there's no one, but
2: I mean,
3: isn't there a limit for the number of users in a uh, free Slack
2: team? Uh, is it that, or is it just the messages get? Because I know it'll messages. like just starts erasing them, but I don't know if they actually limit the number of. I've never pushed that. so I don't know. Do you guys know?
4: There I is uh, no. It has. It's. It's annoying with Slack that uh, after about. Uh, especially when you have a large slack I think it keeps like 10,000 messages so a lot of the, um, a lot of the conversations get lost which I think is a real shame. At the same time people say that uh, these conversations are temporal right They're not really meant to be um, acute like they're not meant to be like historic but um, there is an, another tool called uh, Mastodon that became that, that is becoming a thing recently which is a kind of a Twitter alter- Twitter alternative which um, might be also something to look at because it's open source and it's something that uh, you, know, you stick it in the server and then everybody can go there and, uh, and connect. So it might Gitter's be also something.
1: Gitter is also a pretty popular one. It's, it's kind of uh, dev-focused. Um, so it like, connects to can create new channels from, from GitHub repos like straight in the client. And I've been hearing a lot like about
2: me. Ginner, but I've never used it. So it's just like a what is it just like a like a Chrome plugin or where does it
1: uh it's an app that you can download or go to their website. Or a
6: web app. Yeah, because I used yeah. it in the node community a lot.
1: Yeah. And I think they actually just got bought by um GitLab. Mm. So I you can probably expect to see a lot more effort going into that project as well. So it might be something to check out.
6: I feel like these are a lot of things that we that we should be taking, um, like using conferences to kind of uh, implore people to do to join certain areas. And like if we were to do a workshop at like and at like Angular Connect about making ng twiddle, like I'd be happy to leave that. But then you actually have every like a bunch of people that are in the Angular community there to like jump off something with either like how we communicate or you know building something for the community like ng twiddle so whoever these conference leaders are (laughs) could possibly take advantage of that
0: well the the cool thing about it all is that we definitely have the community here around angular that people are excited about doing this stuff and want to do it and and will champion these things and so uh, it's pretty cool to be a part of that that whole thing All right. well we're at the top of the hour so time to wrap up Those actually sounded like some picks there at the end. So maybe some of you could just be off the hook and not worry about it. Um, But let's see if uh, anybody has some picks they want to close the show out with. Uh, I'll just go down the list. Alyssa, you have anything?
2: Uh, Yes. Uh... Uh Oh. Am I muted still? Still muted? No? I'm like, what is happening? Okay. Okay. So I found out during the show, actually, that it is Jeff Welpley's and Ward Bell's birthday. So they are my pick today. Happy birthday, gentlemen, and thank you for everything you do to make our community awesome.
5: Happy birthday. Woo, happy, happy birthday. Tara, are you going to sing? Balloons. We don't have time for that. Uh,
0: Austin?
1: Yeah, so um, I guess my pick might be Gitter. <laughs> um, it's a really cool, like I mentioned, it's a really cool tool. Um, it's based around, you know, GitHub and open source projects, so it's pretty cool. And then also, um, there is, we were talking about apps using Angular, and there's a project called Angular 2 HN, um, which is a Hacker News implementation of Angular, or Hacker News implementation in Angular. So it's also something pretty
3: cool to check out.
0: Perfect.
3: Mike? Um, I'm going to go the easy way. I'm going to go with all the ng Comp videos that are out there uh, from last week. Uh, most of them seem to be up on uh, YouTube, um, uh, except for Shy's. Shy is uh, doing a few things with his, and then his will be up. Uh, but anything out there where it has me in it, uh, definitely take a look. <laughs>
0: nice. <laughs> all right, Taras, do you have anything you want to share?
4: Um, I'm going to go with the, the Mastodon social, Mastodon, the Twitter uh, alternative uh, that is federated and distributed. Uh, so that looks pretty cool. It's um, I signed up. I, I have zero followers and uh, ze- following zero people, but uh, it's a place to start. So I'll post the link in the uh, chat. Cool. Cool. Tracy?
5: Yes, I'm going to go with Austin's talk from ng-conf and his GitHub repo because I was, like, so excited when I heard he created React VR for Angular, a.k.a. NGVR. So if anybody wants to play, y'all should check out his stuff.
1: We need a cool nickname for it, like T-Rex.
5: You don't like NGVR?
1: I don't like it. It's just not very unique.
0: <laughs> you could just not- say NerdVR.
5: Nigger. or VRNG? Ring, ring. ring. Oh,
4: I like oh, that.
5: Ring. I, I
4: ring. think it should be. I think the
5: logo.
4: The logo should be a car. It's like the, the, the you know the the name of a car, like you know the, the Honda VGNR NGVR, <laughs> and uh, you know I think that uh, and it makes some room, room sounds. So nice, nice. All right, Tara.
6: Um, I'm going to go on a whole different side of media and go to uh, paper (laughs) and talk about Offscreen Magazine. I don't know if you've all heard about it, but it's basically like they focus on the human side of technology. And um, they're a really great, thoughtful, like human-centered magazine that's really good to take a look at. It's Offscreen Magazine, so I guess I'll pick that for this one.
0: Sweet. And then my pick, um, I'm doing another talk tomorrow at the <laughs> Angular Mountain View meetup. On to the next one, I guess.
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: I know. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to be talking about uh, Playground for Angular, its application to work uh, components and directives and pipes in isolation. Uh, so I'll be talking about that. I think that's stream, so you can check it out. Again, it's Angular Mountain View meetup. It's on meetup.com.
6: And you don't sleep, do you? That's like, that's just like that cube that you live in that you're in right now and you just do talks and, and <laughs> angular airs. <laughs> Occasionally someone
2: slips a sandwich under the door. <laughs> pretty, pretty much,
0: I just, I just sit here bang on the window like let
2: me out, let me out
0: and nobody lets me out and everything goes away and the lights turn off but and I just keep working I don't know. <laughs> All right, well, um, we got some good shows in the pipe uh, coming up. We're going to be having shows on NGRX. I think Mike Ryan's got some cool stuff to announce. We're going to have sh- another show on that. We're going to have some I-18N when Olivier commits to coming on. we um, be talking more about uh, Angular Up with the conference organizers for that to see what goes into that. Uh, all kinds of different stuff coming up, so uh, tune in every week. Thanks to all of our panelists and guests for joining us today. and. Everyone have a good one and let's get on those action items.
6: Thanks See for